All right, so this is session one of my game, I guess. I don't know what we're calling this. Hi, I'm Grant. Uh, let's go around real quick, introduce the players, starting with Ryan. This feels weird. I know, right? I'm playing a thing. Um, this is weird. I didn't intro thing. I don't know what to do now. Um, what do you want me to do now? <laughs> uh, say hi, I'm Ryan. Hi, I'm Ryan. Okay, and who's your character? Uh, my character is the Air Genasi Shepherd, Ruach. Cool. Ben! Hi, I'm Ben. I am playing Reepsy Piven, the Seder Circle of Dreams Druid. And Peter? Hi, I'm Peter Martin, and I will be playing Faramond Bahar, a human paladin. And Daniel? Hi, I'm Daniel Martin, and I'm playing Ansel, the male human rogue inquisitive. And finally, William. I'm William, and I'm playing the uh, dragonborn wizard, Myaston Zargrax. Fantastic. And I'm Grant, and I'm the GM uh, for this uh, campaign of indeterminate length, probably fairly short, uh, set in a little place called the High Wastes, north of VR, south of Ajoran. Uh, and currently suffering, suffering from, shall we say, certain difficulties. Each of you has, uh, for one reason or another, ended up in the town of Sajarun, which uh, you will see on the map. Hopefully everybody is looking at that. Yes. Ooh, Great. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yes. Uh, it's got the you are here token. Uh Ah, yes. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> yes. Um, okay. Noted, Daniel. Sajarun. For many generations, this has acted as a sort of frontier town. From the southwest gate runs a well-maintained road through the Charparol grasslands of northern Viar. Uh, that road eventually merges with the busy highway leading to the Great Bazaar to the south. The northern gate, by contrast, open onto a vista of jagged, rocky desert called the High Wastes. The caravan tracks that wind from oasis to oasis and eventually make their way up to Ajoran and back are rough guidelines at best, forming a hard-packed road really only a mile or so out from Sajarun, as all the roads converge there. Uh, the city itself, really a large town, is a place of high walls and higher towers. Its residents have always preferred to build downward into the cool earth and upward to catch the breezes, rather than spreading out into the sun, though of course some spread has been inevitable over the years. Uh, its buildings are likewise tall, usually three to four stories, some taller. The walls and towers are relatively thin and graceful, and shady canopies are everywhere. Many visitors make an apt comparison to living in a gigantic, colorful tent. These walls and shades not only block the sun, but they tend to minimize the intrusion of dust and sand. Only the larger plazas are truly open, and these at least hold the public fountains that supply uh, Sajarun with its drinking water. It is, in fact, quite pleasant. And while it's not especially wealthy, its people are, on the whole, friendly and cosmopolitan. Many of Sajarun's residents are caravaneers or the descendants of caravaneers, and while native Viarans and Ajorans do make up most of the population, only the most unusual humanoids are cause for any real comment. But the tension in Sajarun is thick of late. The town is 
overcrowded and underworked. Caravans have been forced to turn back from the wastes, and others expected here are long overdue, leaving merchants and stevedores at loose ends. Travelers from other towns in the high wastes are rare these days, and those few who arrive tell awful tales. Everywhere, there are ugly symptoms of an anxiety that has gripped Sajaru. Ansel, you have found yourself in Sajarun uh, for business reasons, as I understand it. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Good. Uh, you've uh, ended up in an inn named the Greedy Giant. It's run by a dwarven expatriate of the crossroads named Velgen Hammerthorn. Tell us why you're here. Yes, I, I, I'm here because I, uh, uh, well, I, I'm part of uh, uh, product recovery, and we had a caravan go missing, and I need to uh, account for or recover its contents. Okay. And who have you contacted here in Sodrun? All right. Well, I know that uh, the first thing I would have done is contact... Uh, the first person I would have contacted is uh, Faramond. Uh, yep. because he is normally the go-to uh, person who accompanies our caravans and is uh, quite knowledgeable about uh, the the area. So I, I trust um, Fairman's decision-making quite a bit in this, in this matter. All right. Fairmond, introduce yes. yourself a little bit. Um, okay, so Fairmond is a, a human who's getting kind of into his middle years he's like late 40s early 50s he's got some gray in his beard um he's got kind of a wiry look to him he's not you know somebody who's muscular but he definitely looks quick um and he's got a reputation for being uh both compassionate and trustworthy and is somewhere between a mother hen and a mama bear when he's guarding people <laughs> mm -hmm. good and and how do you know Ruach? Yeah, Ruach has been a guide for us. Um, I provide like safety and security, and he gets us where we're going by the most efficient means possible. Okay. So I've really yeah. come to trust his guidance, and you know he's he's gotten us a few places ahead of schedule, which has been great. We've gotten bonuses out of that, and out of the desert faster and stuff. That's that's been wonderful. Yep. And Ryan, tell us a little bit about Ruach. So Ruach is an Air Genasi shepherd, and he just, in the last couple of years, has stopped being an actual professional shepherd and sort of taken up this life of sort of a, a shepherd for the great shepherd. You know, somebody kind of goes places, guides people, does that kind of thing, and has sort of made his living in the meantime just kind of as a guide for caravans. And he's sort of the guy who knows a lot of people because he's just traveled a lot of places and met a lot of people and works with a lot of caravans. Cool. And speaking of uh, knowing places, tell us about how Ruach knows Miastin. So uh, Ruach knows Miastin because as a guy who knows people, he needs a guy who knows places. And Miastin Zargrex is a guy who knows places. Um, and he often calls on Miastin when he needs information about maybe what happened to that path we used to take that's now under six inches of sand because you know desert stuff and, and just kind of 
Nyasin's sort of his go-to guy for regional information on, you know, good routes, maybe in safe havens if sandstorms kick up, that kind of thing. Miaston, William, tell us a little bit about Miaston. Not too much to tell. Studious, so don't get out very much. Um, but, well, that sounds uh, oxymoronic with somebody that knows the lay of the land, but less social, more exploratory uh, in regard to the um, geography from the area. Um, so not really a traveler, like not a foreigner. How does Miaston know Reap? I, I believe Reap and before. I, yeah, we've worked together before. I may be able to recognize geography, but uh, when searching for trails, it's very handy to have someone with you that knows the uh, nature and plants that are common to the area. And so we've worked together before on a few different things. Great. And Ben, tell us a little bit about Reap. Well, Reap uh, kind of spent his whole life uh, doing the nature search um, and just big fan of, uh, of nature in general and all things of the natural world um, and has kind of drifted to this side of the continent in the area um, just in, in search, just happens to be uh, right place, right time for uh, everything to go down. Uh, while he's exploring the land and just taking in the oneness of, of the world. All right. So the five of you have gathered in the common room of the greedy giant. Um, it is nominally Ansel's idea, but Ansel knows Faramond and not a whole lot else here in Sajarun. And Faramond knows of Ruach and Ruach knows a Miastin and Miastin knows a reap, and then when somebody suggested reap, Fairmont went, oh yeah, I know reap, and that sort of closed the loop, and here the five of you are. You've heard a fair bit from people in the area here, especially in Sajarun, about all the rumors of what's befallen the high wastes. Uh, the, the high wastes, these roads have always sort of been held together by a rough patchy network of oases. Those seem to be disappearing. You've got conflicting reports about which ones have actually disappeared, which ones haven't. Some people say none of them have disappeared and people are just going mad or, you know, there's, uh, you know, they're all gone and, you know, Sajarun will be empty of water in a day and you know, everything in between. But something certainly seems to be happening out there and it certainly seems to be affecting Ansel's company's business. So here the five of you are, talking in a common room over drinks that have gone up in price day by day. What to do? Uh, well, I, I think at this point, um, r rumors and conjecture are not enough. Uh, I think we're going to have to track down and follow the route of our missing caravan. Where were they? Where were they seen last? You're going to have to be more specific, because there's a lot of missing caravans. Oh no! Okay, um, I'm going to go with. Rog looks at uh, at Antle. 
Where did where do you know they last checked in? Ah, if if your company keeps track of that, where would have been a stop along their way that you know they made? The uh, next town up is Samarat, just for what uh, for reference. After that, there's a long uh, piece of trail past the Grey Hills and the Five Fangs, and sort of in the shadow of the Five Fangs, the road splits. There's another bit of road that carries on to Sakura, a uh, bit of a camp there at the the road. There's an oasis there, and we're, we're at that fork. Somewhere along there, you think they disappeared, but it's hard to tell. If word hasn't come into Sajarun of the caravan's whereabouts, there's really no telling. I, uh, I, I tell all them that. Well, I'll tell you this much. <laughs> With this many caravans going missing, I sure don't want to stay here any longer than I have to. Uh, there are people no. out there who clearly need some sort of assistance, and time's a-wasting. Yeah, they, they need assistance, and the, I fear the people here are getting rather rest, restless. Didn't we leave in the morning? Uh, uh, yes. So be it. I Okay. Thurman kind of right. smiles like satisfactorily at that. <laughs> like, oh good. Somebody has finally, you know, authorized us to do something. <laughs> the good news is that you have most of the day and all of the evening to buy anything else you might need, make any last minute preparations for heading out into the high wastes. What would each of you like to do? Okay, so Ansel is going to go to a tailor's and he's going to get um, uh, some some good travel pants that are going to uh, come up uh, up kind of to his uh, midriff because mm -hmm. he's been picturing the other kind of high waist. And so he's just going to get things confused. So he's just going to get high-waisted pants. Okay. Um, well, that'll be another two gold out of your out of your pocket, I suppose, for travelers' clothes that are weirdly cut. Yep. <laughs> we, they said we're going to the high waists, and this is what Ansel knows high waist means. Very good. Right. Oh, poor Ansel. Look, look <laughs> if we don't have Trather to make sartorial decisions, someone has to. So this is fine with me. Uh, is there somewhere? Is there some way? Me asking Grant. Um, that Ruach would know we could obtain and also carry a larger than normal amount of water efficiently. Uh, yeah, so as it happens, there's a lot of wagons in Sajarun right now. Oh, interesting. So, like, I could maybe get a hold of one of those wagons and then maybe load it up with, I don't know, some kind of large container full of water. Potentially. You could. Now, getting the water, I mean, Harder water than getting isn't the wagon. exactly... <laughs> getting the wagon, not too hard. Getting the water, it could be done, but you probably need to do it soon. There's constant rumors of water being rationed. It hasn't actually happened yet. The water seems to be flowing fine, but everybody keeps talking about it. So, Well, uh, I can... I do have the ability of creating water, so that is not an issue while we're out, as long as we have containers to store the water in. Fair enough. Okay, uh, okay. then Ruach will attempt to acquire said small cart and said medium to large sized half dozen or so containers for said water to go in. 
Great. Um, you can go around uh, a bit. There's a number of caravaneers who've sort of given up. They're selling off goods, selling off wagons, um, selling off horses, that sort of thing. Uh, but you do run into an old friend. Uh, this is an orcish caravaneer, you know, uh, named Yaguk. And she is apparently packing up and getting ready to head out. Uh, okay, so Ruag walks over. You said, okay, say the name again. Yaguk. 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 You're leaving already. That is a shame. Yes, well, I figure that eventually somebody can get through and, well, I'm good enough to do it. Fair enough. Will you be taking all of your carts with you? Uh, I'd planned on it, yes. Would you know where I could acquire one otherwise? I'm in need uh, of a Where spare. are you headed? Where are you headed? <laughs> that remains to be seen, my friend. That remains to be seen. Oh? He heading south, then? No, north. Hmm. Took a commission to uh, head up that way, but uh, I fear we will need some way to carry water. So I, I look I for cart and container, as it were. Right. Well, could sell you one of ours. We've uh, we've had a few people drop off the caravan, but if you're heading, if you're going to be heading out, you could certainly do that. Or of course, you could travel with us at least as far as Samrat. Your choice. Uh, I would have to speak with the group, but I don't suppose there'd be anything wrong with traveling with your group for that distance. At the very least, it would give us. Uh, more of a basis to move with through the sands. Not a bad, not a bad option ever. And Good. then I could just take the card off your hand at Samarat. Yeah, what, that uh, work. I'm planning to sell my goods there anyway. If making the trip back a little lighter uh, wouldn't be a bad thing, especially okay. if water's running scarce. What kind of Grant question? What kind of pack animal is a common in the region? Uh, all sorts, honestly. They tend to be hardy. Um, horses good. are. You know, certainly not unknown. Um, and just for the record, it's much easier for me to find battle map tokens of horses than anything else. So expect <laughs> to see a lot of horses on maps regardless. That's reasonable. Uh, That's reasonable. But, you know, there can also be things like, you know, large lizards or, uh, you know, some variant on a dromedary. Um, okay, so Ben... ben uh... Oxen, generally, no. They require more water. Okay. Reepsy is sort of a nature-in-general guy, correct? Oh, yeah. Okay, so could could Ben maybe yeah. make a role to tell me what kind of creature would best handle the sand and also a moderate-sized load? Because I, I want something that's going to move well in the sand, and I fear horses might not make that as well. Sure. Uh, there's a, a very common, uh, large lizard bin that, uh, is used pretty heavily out here. Okay. It's pretty plodding. Uh, lizards are not known for being, uh, up and about early in the morning, but they do tend to absorb the, the desert heat pretty well. And if you can keep poking them and making them go, they, they do all right. That up early in the morning, I thought you were talking about me for a second. I was like, hurtful. Accurate, but hurtful. Um, I've never identified as a lizard more often I than know, right now. Right? Um, 
Yep, makes sense. Uh, okay, Grant, how much would something like that uh, cost of me to acquire? Oh, probably 40, 50 gold, something like oh, that. Okay, perfect. I don't know. Look up a pony. <laughs> but, uh, well, Reasonable instructions. <laughs> Behold, how I GM. I don't know. You figure it out. Google's pony. Oh, don't worry about Re- it. Reskin things. Yeah. <laughs> don't, reskin don't. thing. Yeah, just don't, don't worry about it. We can expense that. Okay, we're going to expense that and the cart and six large jugs to Excellent. for the waters and such. Uh, and Excellent. we will name the lizard shortly, I'm, I'm sure, as is our Indeed. one to do. Uh, you know very well, in fact, all of you except Ansel, know very well that um, the the Chaparral area here around Sajarun pretty quickly gives way to rocky desert. Um, it Samarat is definitely fully on in the desert, albeit at the edge of it. Um, food will be pretty scarce unless you're hunting, and if you're hunting, you're going to be eating pretty much whatever you can get. Then I suppose with along with water, we should probably acquire extra rations for the trip. That doesn't seem unreasonable. It yeah. does not seem unreasonable, no. We will... Um, and as a, uh, as a, just a ripple kind of pipe in when he sees you buying the jugs it's probably better to buy a 10 gallon cask than individual uh containers because unless we plan on catching rain i don't think i can cast it multiple uh, i can create water in multiple containers um oh. unless we want to unless you want to hand wave that that i can create 10 gallons and it goes into 10 containers but I think I mean my rule is that you make ten gallons at once and it has to be contiguous, but whatever. Okay. That works. That, that's so good. Fills I multiple things, things. that's fine. Okay. I mean uh, you, you could put you know, do some artistic crafting of, you know, little bits leading from one jug to another, but okay. it's however you want to do it. Ultimately, I don't care and it's not that big a deal. So right, right. <laughs> reasonable. Uh okay, so Ruach will also will acquire six containers and also acquire Roughly estimated but inaccurately numbered amount of extra rations for a whole group of six. Five. Sorry, I miscounted. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming I have a food guy. Everybody here has a food guy. Reasonable. Um, yeah, this sadly, seems like the sort of place where the local cuisine is real good. <clears throat> uh, it certainly can be if you uh, if you know the right not right person to go find and, you know, have cook for you. This is not um, this is not so cosmopolitan an area that you, or at least so wealthy an area that you get a lot of restaurants. Uh, I was thinking there street certain, food. Well, yeah, there are certain mm. taverns and vendors that uh, definitely have some, some choice choice selections. I'm excited about it. Is okay. I need choice selections that keep well, but I'm assuming that won't be a problem. It's a town where caravans leave from. Yeah, travelers' rations are someone's handling that here. easily found, and honestly, kind of at a bargain price right now. Because no one's using them. Yeah. Yes. Just, that's just unfortunate. Get like Fifty pounds of jerky and twenty pounds of hardtack. <laughs> Perfect. And one giant lizard. Perfect. <laughs> you'll you'll need to be casting uh, create food and water twice. Once for just the water to soak the hardtack. Accurate. <laughs> And while we're while we're going over the the, the loadouts, um, 
do we are we worried about spell components or are we just selling uh, it? Uh, unless it's a <laughs> spell component with a price, I don't care. <laughs> also, bless I, you. I am sneeze. I am not one of those who tracks the the spell components. The spell components were a, a gimmick for laughs originally, and you may continue to yeah. treat them as such. The sprig of mistletoe for creating water. Yes. Or for um, rubbing a little piece of amber with a piece of wool for a uh, lightning bolt. <laughs> right. That's perfect, and I love it. Ansel also gets himself a ridiculous desert hat, but like a really touristy one, like not not like a genuine one. But like, like that says, uh, let's see, that, that says, I've been to Sa de Jaren. Perfect. Just like right across the brim. Oh, oh, yeah. wrong. Uh, I do have some specific stuff I'd like to have Faramond pick up whenever yep. my turn comes around. Um, uh, okay, so in. first thing he's going to do is he is going to go find um, a vendor that he has probably worked with on numerous occasions and buy five really good quality, nothing special to look at, but the exact style of fabric that you'd want, headscarves, one for mm. everybody in the party. Um, yep. He is then going to go and do the exact same thing with water skins, um, because if you get separated in a sandstorm, you're going to want something to wrap your head with and water to drink while the rest of the people find you again. So... Those are the two things that he wants to get, and he is willing to buy for the party as a whole. Good choice. So that'll so be it for him, I believe. And extra water bottles. Yeah, yeah, water skins, but yeah. <clears throat> cool. That'll run you some minor amount of gold, I'm sure. Alrighty. Uh, William, anything you're picking up? Not that I know of. Sweet. Uh, in that case, just assume that at some point you've got a, uh, a point of, yeah, of course I was prepared for this sitting around. Okay. Yep. You have, you have one uh, uh, TBD slot in your yeah. inventory. One point of uh, preparation. Uh, <laughs> All right. Because gumshoe. All right. Um, and have I missed anyone? Grant, are we doing metric scaling on currency? 10 silvers worth of gold, 10 oh, gold yeah. worth of platinum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And nobody gets to touch Electrum because it's dumb. <laughs> Fair enough. Reasonable. I was hoping that would, yeah. I don't like it <laughs> anyway. This is not going to be a so hard sell. <laughs> Just. Uh, nobody gets like to it. swim in the sewer. Oh, darn. I was so <laughs> looking forward to that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just, it's one of those weird holdovers and it's like, ah, ah I'm not going to get distracted. I promise. Um, it's what I make jewelry out of. Yeah. Great. Just please don't make Electrum <laughs> coins. Nobody uses them. They're very silly. It's a half a gold piece. Yes. It's a, looks like it, I'll be one. Because Electrum is a, Electrum is a blend of silver and gold. So of course it must be worth half as much as gold. I'm upset and no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for that's, the, for the that's listener, not for, for the listener for however long we do this podcast. No electrum. Just assume it's not happening. Yes. They made a 50 if I give cent it to you for it's because you know I hate you. What the crap, man? 
<laughs> we we mock it relentlessly in the non-recorded game we have on Saturdays whenever yeah. there's a lecrim and a treasure table. There are very yeah. few I things get... I kick out of this game for nonsensical reasons. This is the first. Yes. <laughs> uh, the rest, uh, it, I would also suggest Forgotten Realms naming conventions also out. All right. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, oh, boy, has that been a source of laughs in my power, uh, Princes of the Apocalypse game. All right. Any other things you guys are doing? Not necessarily buying, but any other preparations you're all making to head out? Hmm. I don't think so. Okay. I feel like um, Ansel would at least try to get a, a map of the region. Uh, it might be an outdated one or just anything but at, at least so he can have a map so he feels like he should know where he is might not you be that good at map that. reading i was but gonna say I, I feel like at some point ruach is like he realizes you're looking for a map guy and i pull you away from that booth and just point at william's character and i'm like no no you go talk to him <laughs> I, uh... I, I brought a map guy we're good <laughs> Yes. Okay. So I don't I have would. to go to the welcome to the desert visitor center. No, we're not going to see. They're no. love, lovely no. people. No. No. I consider burning the maps. <laughs> with my, uh, he, he's mildly <laughs> offended by the map you bring. <laughs> but this this you one has to sell this. <laughs> I mean, the problem with that is that you have at least contributed to maps that have been sold here before, and it's very disappointing that they replaced them with that idiot zane and his maps but this this one has the locations of the of of the hot springs and they have like the little logos that has like the little <laughs> oh, steam bath on it <laughs> it's not a it's not a map it's like the map you get when you walk into dollywood yes that's yeah, exactly yeah. what i was it's thinking like, it's like the disney world the, map it's like the like, hot dog stands and like where you buy the hats and like people oh, at the top of the ride smiling. Of, yes. All grossly out of proportion. <laughs> yep. That's that's what I and then just shovel shoved away from there and handed an actual terrain map that I don't know how to read. <laughs> yeah. like, no, no tourist maps for you. Like okay. this He's like this half one a has block your away by the time the shoving stops. <laughs> this this one has elevation markers on it and I'm just lost. <laughs> Okay, now we, we we fixed it. We're good now. <laughs> yep, we're good. Carry on. Uh, Fairmont's probably going to spend some time like um, looking over kind of the the gear that everybody else is taking with them into the desert, and just kind of like wrapping any like large metal surfaces that would really heat up in the sun. You know, just other little stuff that like makes things more comfortable and less miserable uh, this this doesn't need to be burning hot every time we touch it wrap 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 <laughs> you know right reasonable okay very cool in that case unless anybody's got anything else we can probably fast forward to a little bit before dawn the next day any objections to me letting twitter name the lizard no, uh, that's what no. Twitter is for. Okay, we'll just let <laughs> Twitter right. name the lizard later. Okay, I'm going to F6 so we can start the next turn. F6 as okay. well. <laughs> Magic Excellent. jokes. But, um, all right. 
Uh, so if everybody's looking at the map here, uh, you should be able to see that Samarat is itself pretty close to a water source. There are a number of water sources scattered across the map uh, that uh, Miastin can tell you about if you are curious about them. Uh, somebody just cast Burning Hands. That's awesome. All right. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I was testing something. <laughs> No, no, that's fine. It's just I was about I, to say I did not cast that, <laughs> sir. That was not the wake up <laughs> call I ordered. Take that. <laughs> I that was a cast, and then he just grabbed a piece of metal on accident. That, yeah, that that I did not <laughs> order that wake up call. Okay, well, Pardon. come here. I'll use lay on hands on you. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you have a bit of adventure in the morning. That's always exciting, right? Get, get off to a, a good start, and then. Out you go into the desert, and I'm—I'd love to know what uh, what the world ends up naming the lizard. That's exciting. <laughs> On that note, uh, for the first probably hour, hour and a half, however long the spell lasts, of uh, we'll look it up. But um, Reap will kind of walk alongside future named Lizard um, and just start having a conversation with him, of just making sure he's having a good day and uh, talking about his experiences and hearing stories of the lizard's life. Uh, one so when day's you... pretty much like the next. All right, and Twitter's no longer naming the lizard. We're just naming the lizard Eeyore. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll probably let Twitter do it, but I'm pretty sure that's where Grant was going, and I love Eeyore, so... No, a little, little less uh, depressed than Eeyore, more just one day like the next, <laughs> taking them in stride, moving forward, waiting for my bug meal. Ooh, <laughs> bug meal. Perfect. So when, when he talks with the animals, is he making lizard noises or is he speaking? Oh, regular? please say yes. Please say he's making lizard noises. Um, <laughs> gave me ability to comprehend and verbally communicate with beasts. It does not say what language is being spoke. That means it's up to you. <laughs> I can also do that, so it's either going to be hissing sounds or, I don't know, orcish or something for fun. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I mean, I would... Yeah. It could also just be you speak, they make noise, and you all understand each other. Right. That's kind of how I figured that's how I translated myself was... You know, I, beep, can, it's like I know R2. Actually know. <laughs> yeah, R2. It's like speaking gonna... to Chewbacca, yeah. You don't. You don't have to really understand Wookie. It's fine. Yeah. It is entirely up to you how you want to play for that. All right. Oh, I'm in common. Cool. Okay. So it's a very one-sided conversation that everyone else is listening to. He's Bob Newharding this. You get exactly one half of the conversation. I'm okay with that. Uh, that's uh, a we... that's a reference for the kids. I know. Right. <laughs> Uh, can, can we get a consensus from the group on what color our lizard is? And then I'll stop distracting everyone. Probably. Orange. Orange it is. <laughs> nice. Ooh, yeah. Like a giant a Gila monster. Yeah. Kind of a rusty orange. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you'll note looking ahead, it definitely seems to uh, have found that coloration on purpose because some of the hills and uh, sharp, craggy peaks ahead of you have a, a rather rusty color to them. Hmm. 
not all of them, but there's a, there's a number for a for something that's called a waste. There's a surprising amount of color out here, although it's mostly earth tones. Um, and where you are, there's there's quite a bit of life still. You're starting to see bits and pieces where the desert is is encroaching, but you know there's low trees and scrub brush and and that sort of thing. It's all dry, but it's you're in a fairly alive area as far as these things go. Um, ben, can yes. I get Reap to make me a nature check? Um, yes. At least for some reason Beyond is not wanting to work for me right now, so stay in the sheet. And you want nature. Yeah. 19. I like it. I should not have there's a there's a certain amount of there's a certain cycle that everything has been on out here for as long as anybody has lived out here. And there's certain signs that you see that certain things are maybe coming a little early, which might be fine. I mean, sometimes that happens, but certain other things are coming a little late. And as you travel over the course of the day, what's bothersome is that they are not consistent. You know, a mile back, some of those plants are starting to flower a little ahead of schedule. A mile on, some of them haven't even started budding yet. Things are just yeah. a little a little wobbly feeling out here. That's not good. Wow. Okay, so uh, I thought I could prepare it, but I didn't. That's great. First fail as a druid. So yeah, so I'll just kind of analyze everything and go back and kind of and let let the group know um, some things are are changing definitely out here that nature is not whole the way it should be right now. Not whole? Can you elaborate for me a little? Not really. It, it's it's a, a sense I'm getting. It's you know how how you, like you have season shifts and you have. Uh, you know what a plant is supposed to look like at a certain time. It's almost as if the, the seasons have progressed differently, or they're just—it's—it's it's the closest analogy I can get for you right now. Like spring is falling more into autumn, but without the beautifulness of autumn, but not quite full death. Faramon kind of scrunches his face and. Gives you a look that's somewhere between incredulity and deep concern. Well, that isn't good. No. <clears throat> Have you seen something like this before? Uh, not. Can I make a history check and find out? I, I, I wouldn't think so, but. Yeah, of course. Seven. Yeah. Uh, seven? <laughs> not that you can recall, but maybe something's ringing a bell, but. Mm, nah, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, I, whatever's happening out here is definitely, I would, I would put in the unique category. That's not comforting at all. <laughs> and it no, should be noted, these are, these are little variations. Yeah. Uh, little stuff leads to big stuff, though. Like, like three dead leaves on a plant that's supposed to be blooming. Um, 
it's never like part of a plant is doing one thing, part of a plant's doing another. Okay. It, it's a bigger scale than that. It's like over here, there's things are a little delayed. Over here, things are a little not. Okay. It's like, you know, big, big chunks of desert life are kind of, it's like, oh, well, this, this one hasn't gotten enough water. This one hasn't gotten enough nutrients. Uh, this one's right. got too much and is blooming too fast. Things like that. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's on a grosser scale for sure than individual plants. Oh, interesting. And Ansel's just going to like pull out his notepad and just write all this stuff down. Ponder. Um, I'd like to check for something if if I can. Uh, I'd, I'd like to do survival and see if there's any signs of like bizarre fauna behavior i mean we we're seeing some weirdness in the flora but are we seeing like increased predation you know like carcasses of stuff that hasn't been touched by the scavengers or um you know like it's speaking of scavengers like a bunch of them circling but there's nothing below or anything like that Oh, roll me that survival. 20. Two 20s. Seems good. Nice. <laughs> um, you're actually kind of noticing not anything weird with the fauna, like behaving in ways that don't make sense. They're all really being quite rational. It's just, you know, for, for fauna... It's more that things are just scarce feeling. Like, hmm. I would know, expect it to have seen twice as many foxes by now or something, huh? Uh, a little bit of that. And also, you know, what you see is maybe a little hungrier, a little leaner. You see things, um, you know, just kind of being a little more aggressive. And usually when an animal is aggressive, it's because it need it feels it needs to be. Okay, so as I'm watching him do this, um, I have a class ability called Speak with Creation. Basically just lets me use Speak with Animals. Um, I'd like to pick an animal I see him identify in the area and use Speak with Animals and also attempt to feed it at the same time. Okay. Um, so Peter, pick me an animal. Uh, how about a cute little desert screech owl? Love it. Okay. So I pull something out of the pack that I think the screech owl will like, and I use, uh, speak with creation and go over. Little one, come here. Cool. Uh, you guys are doing this at a bit of a stop about eight miles down the road. Just for the record, each hex on the map, four miles. All right. So we're two mile. We're two hexes outside of Sodjerun. Yes, you can do about twenty four miles pushing hard, and that's about as far as it is to Samarat. Maybe a little less. Okay. Um, uh, Yagug is pushing pretty hard, but she's planning on two stops to kind of you know rest and water animals and feed them that sort of thing. But she intends on one day. She does not feel comfortable trying to make uh, a slow trip to Samarat. Fair enough. I assume if she doesn't feel comfortable, I probably also don't feel comfortable. Uh, I also like that you move the you are here thing. Well, that's it. what it's for. I'm a huge fan of it. Okay, so I, I go up to the little the little screech owl 
and kind of motion motion it over and attempt to feed it. Great. Um, uh, I mean, you're you're casting a spell functionally. It it works until something says otherwise. Okay. Uh, I kind of I point to I find one of the plants that um the Reepsy was looking at one of the ones he pointed out and I point to it. When did this start, little one? The plant started blooming. Ooh. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, many days ago. That is earlier than normal, I assume. It feels earlier. Is there less food than there used to be? Yes. What about the water? Much less water. More predator. Yes. You're asking More. a predator. That's true. Yeah, touche. Um, I, I fight harder for food. Always a bigger owl, I guess. Um, okay, I am that's a tiny... not the line. I know. <laughs> I don't I, want I am that. A tiny owl. Most owls are bigger. That's true. <laughs> um, have you noticed anything causing this unusualness? Have you seen anything different in the desert? No. Hmm. Interesting. Well, little one, thank you for your help. Uh, and I pull out an, another little piece of of whatever and just kind of reach out and let him put it in his beak, and then he free to fly away. I mean, you also know that Screech Owls have a somewhat limited range. Uh, oh, of of flight? Well, of, like, you know, their, ter- their hunting territory. That's, and that's true. Sort of Habitat. Thing. Habitat, yeah. You know, like, they're not, it's not going to be crossing the desert. Sure, 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 sure. But what it's, what it's seen in this area is both out of place, but unidentifiably out of place. Right. Is what I'm gathering. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I, I tell Reepsy what the owl told me. <laughs> Thanks for listening to City on the Hill Gaming. For more information, you can find us online at cityonthehillgaming.com, email us at cityonthehillgaming at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at cityonthehillgaming. For more information on saving the game, you can find Peter, Grant, and Jenny at stgcast.org, or at Saving the Game on Twitter. Thanks, and have a blessed day. Special thanks as always to our Patreon backers, Joanne, Ashley, Christina, Andrew, and Tony. We really appreciate you guys. Marvelous. Uh, Do we need to do a sound check? I don't think it hurts anything. I actually prepared something which is unusual, so why not? Sweet, I got mine ready. Okay. Yeah, I got mine too. Uh, Grant, go first. You've just arrived on Melee Island, seeking fame and fortune. Your new pirate pals invite you to join their club, just as soon as you've completed three tiny trials. The Secret of Monkey Island, a swashbuckling new graphic adventure, challenges you with hilarious and engaging puzzles and storyline. You'll experience eye-gouging 3D graphics in 256-color VGA, proportionally scaled animated characters, and cinematic pans and camera angles. Ear-piercing calypso and reggae music in CD audio. Relentless jabs and jokes only smart people will understand. Point-and-click interface. No typing needed. Gameplay and norm- yeah. Gameplay and manual in five languages. English, French, German, Italian, and Spanish. Oh, no. It's got to be one of the Monkey Island games, right? That is the original Secret of Monkey Island disc that I am holding in my hand. (laughs) I'm so terribly upset now. That's atrocious, and I love it. You're just going to break out some guy brush (laughs) threepwood action, huh? So, so Grant, what are you? You fight like a cow.
what uh, what operating system is that disk for? Um, it does not say. Perfect. Uh, I'm I'm a guess. Th- like I'm, Windows I'm guessing this was DOS. <laughs> this is in a little paper sleeve. I think it um, was probably part me. of a package. Yeah, that's I messed like, or Windows ninety five probably. I think, I think it'll be ninety five because I don't think CD ROMs were that popular when DOS was still the standard. Uh, yeah, but Win ninety five yeah. ran on DOS. Well, uh, yes. Well, but it, like it did, if it was yeah. a, if it was a three point one era game, that would have been on floppy. Uh, three point. Mm, they had also, no. They had the uh, they had CDs uh, oh, for three point one. I remember a Windows three point one install disk. That's also too much color for three point one. I think. Uh, two fifty six. No, I don't think that's, so. That's three point one. My old friend, how I've missed thee. Um, I you got, you got a copyright date on there. That'll solve that real fast. No, I don't. Uh, well, although you know, I could do something simple like take the disc out and look at it. Uh, <laughs> there, you could also just Google. I mean, uh, IBM CD-ROM or compatible. Trademark Perfect. and copyright nineteen ninety two. LucasArts Entertainment Company. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, yeah we're in. Is this We're a endorsed. is this escape from or tales of the secret of ah the secret of okay perfect the initial release date nineteen ninety who this was the CD release <laughs> Amiga Atari Sega Genesis DOS Grant you were what like. I was ten when I, this came out or something like um I was born in eighty three. Okay, so you were seven when this I came was, out. I was three. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's well. atrocious. All right, love it. So, ben. Ben, hit me with that sound check, I guess. I, I don't know how to follow that. Um, no okay. one does. <laughs> yeah, okay. No one can. <laughs> my weapon is my burden, a reminder of the path I was forced to take. When the word weapon is emptied of meaning, when the purpose of the weapon is impossible to grasp, when the rejection of my weapon is of significance to no one other than myself, only then shall I remove it from my arm, because only then will I have earned the right to rid myself of the burden. I have guesses, but I'm not sure. Uh, that would be Megatron's uh, monologue in uh, Transformers More Than Meets the Eye. That was not my guess, but that's interesting. Mine either. <laughs> Comic, the actual comic book, yeah. read directly hmm. from the panel. Oh, nice! That's cool. Uh, Peter, what you got? In the Middle East, the two millennia that preceded the time of Jesus were not the dawn of civilization, but the steps that humanity took during this era were impressive. It was not the age of pyramids, but great builders constructed less heralded works of even greater scope. It was an era of kingships. And rebellion, a time of clashing superpowers that built cities and monuments to the gods and the egos of great kings. It was an area where charioteers rode the battlefield like knights, when the warnings of wizards were treated like the voices of the gods, and when empires fell without a trace before an enemy whose footsteps have managed to elude history, the peoples of the sea. And yet somehow, in the middle of all of this, a small tribe called the Israelites rebelled against the great powers, enduring and becoming the foundation for three of the world's great religions. Given how much of human history is shaped by lofty, gilded bullies, it is humbling to consider that these descendants of nomads and slaves, a tiny historically insignificant culture, could cast such a mighty shadow on human history. It's a great story, but can you turn it into a role-playing game? Very nice. That is from the intro of the Testament, 
role-playing in the biblical era book for 3.0 D D. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Uh William. Sorry, I never find anything interesting for this. That's okay. Um Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. I'd love to. Um <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help myself. Ryan's talking to himself already. This is not a good sign. It's a great sign. <laughs> All right, let me uh, let me try this. Little one, sit, sit. Let Jigel tell you a story. No, no, the story of your people, the tribes of the Viage and Jai, who we used to be, little ones, and where, oh, where, where we used to be. Listen now. The old man smokes on his pipe. Purple smoke wafts upward slowly. The older Air Genasi sits calmly in his favorite chair, surrounded by the children of his village. Air, earth, fire, and water, the elements that the Great Shepherd used to make our world, and to make us as Jinjai. One of the children's gives him an inquisitive look. Yes, little ones, we were not always Genasi, as they say. We were the Jinjai, the people of the elements. We made our home here. But then the storms came, wind, sand, and fire. So we moved. Yes, we. I am older than you think. You should hope to look this good when you reach 900 years like I have. Give or take a few dozen. Follow me, children. I want you to see this. I'm going to stop it there. I wrote a thing about the Genasi a while back, and I guess I'm just going to read it in parts for this. Awesome. Cool. Um, and I think that just leaves Daniel. Suppose we have only dreamed... Or made up all those things, trees and grass and sun and moon and stars and Oslin himself. Suppose we have. Well, then all I can say is that, in that case, the made-up things seem a good deal more important than the real ones. That's why I'm going to stand by the play world. I'm on Oslin's side, even if there isn't any Oslin to lead it. I'm going to live like a Narnian, even if there isn't any Narnia. That's Puddle Glum from The Silver Chair by C.S. Lewis. Lewis essentially says that maybe sometimes Christianity does look like a fantasy made-up world where everyone can live in peace and harmony, a place where peace and justice reign, a place where heroes triumph. Yes, Christianity can look like a fantasy. And you know what? That's a good thing. Why shouldn't we strive to make what we see dimly in this looking glass and make it a reality? <laughs> 